Fantasy Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanzutakio. And this is Juliano Caleri. And it is Wednesday, February the 17th. We got a lot to talk about today. We have we had a crazy weekend in City A, match day 22, some massive games. Huge congratulations to Inter Milan. Huge what a congr- beautiful weekend. Yeah, seriously. Beautiful. Huge congratulations for the Napoli fans. Huge win there. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We had we had two amazing Champions League games yesterday that we're going to talk about. Uh, Europa League, obviously, given that we're recording on Wednesday. We haven't even seen the first legs yet, so Europa League is going to be out of the picture for this podcast uh, because we haven't even seen the first legs yet. Um, we're going to talk about Champions League next week. We're going to talk about Match Day 23. And then we got... Uh, a nice little special announcement for you at the very end. Um, to, so stay tuned. So let's jump right in. Let's get this day going. I'm ready to go. I know Giuliano's ready to go. He's grinning from ear to ear like the Joker here. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Let's start it. Let's start it with the Friday game, Bologna Benevento. I mean, 1 1 draw. I wasn't too surprised with this. What did you think about this game? Yeah, neither team uh, showing too much between Bologna. But I'm at the both yeah. games, both goals sorry, came from mistakes from uh, both opposing teams. Glick passed it off a <laughs> off a dribble. He passed it to the opposing team. It's Gorupski dropped the ball. So really, yeah. and Viola did a nice little back heel flick into that. But really, not much in this game. Bologna maybe should have walked away with the win. But ultimately, uh, two mistakes at the yeah. goals. Not a great game. No. Weather, the weather sucked. It was snowing, freezing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, not much else to say for me with this game. What did, did no, you? No, I'm same way. It kind of expected, didn't, not too much invested in it. And then we move from that draw to another draw. Uh, a little more, obviously, I'm invested in this. Torino, Genoa, zero zero. The man in the shades continues this run. Both teams had their chances, but couldn't finish them. It was an off day, I th- I'd say, for both teams. The forwards. Both sides, Pandev, Destro on one side, couldn't do anything. Zaza, Bellotti, not so much. Bellotti, a little bit better. Uh, the one thing I do want to give a shout-out to is the Torino defense. Itzo and Kolu and Bremer. These guys have proven under Davide and Nicola to be solid, uh, really protecting Salvatore Sirigu, who I was surprised to see in between the sticks for this game. Yeah, I was surprised too. He had a solid performance. He did. Uh, Davide Nicolas Torino stays undefeated still. All draws in his uh, yeah. tenure. Uh, and your boy, Ballardini, keeps it going. I think he only has one or two losses. Two, only two, two losses, losses since he's taken over. And almost, and, yeah, in almost yeah. a dozen games. Yeah. it was. It's been two losses since he's taken over, and those were to Milan. No, that was to uh, Juventus, and it was another big team. I think it was Lazio. I'm not 100 percent sure, yeah, but, but two lo- two losses regardless. So he's Sassuolo, been a mi- sorry, Sassuolo. So he's been really good. Yeah, Matteo Perenz been outstanding yeah, since been. Uh, he's been in the picture. Italy number Dini. two, he's got to be. Has to be, has to be. But yeah, uh, Torino, I think maybe created the better chances. Just yeah, yeah never. They did. Simone Zaza, the Balotti link up, it didn't work too well. No. And uh, Zaza got the got taken out of the game. 71st minute, Verdi came on. He's been a shadow of his former yeah. self, Verdi, and. Not given, much else happened. Given the comeback they had last in match day 21, I'm surprised that Bonanzoli didn't come on for Zaza. But yeah, that was that was surprising actually. It is what it is. They got both of them are happy with a the draw. 
they continue to pick up points. Torino, which we'll talk about a little bit later, massive game coming up in match day 23. Massive. Yes. So I think that's where we'll see the win, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, let's move on to the first big game. To one of the big games. Napoli, one nothing victors over Juve. An Insigne penalty. I mean, what happened? I don't know. We thought this would have been Gattuso done. This was done this and dusted. Was it. Pirlo would have uh, got his former friends, or just former friend, yeah. former teammate, still a good friend, sacked. Yeah. We thought 100% this was going to be Juve's win. What did you think of this game? Great for Roma. Roma oh, goes back to fa- third. I told you, the favors, it's working. The strategy's <laughs> working. But you got to give credit to Alex Meret. Outstanding game. Wasn't expected to play in this game. That's true. Because Ospina pulled out just before the game started. I think in warm-ups he pulled out. So Meret thrown in. You're playing in this game. Stood on his head. So I have to give him credit there. But we didn't see the Catanacho Juve that Pirlo was has been trying to employ that's been working. We saw an attacking Juve against a Napoli team that was sitting back and soaking in the pressure, which to me, that, that's not Napoli. No, it's not. Although they do have one of the best defense. And on top of it, we mentioned in the uh, preview last podcast, Koulibaly and Manolas both out for this game too. Yeah, they're two starting center backs. We're both gone. So yeah. in replace uh, Rahamani and Maksimovic. Maksimovic, yeah. They played. They played great. I gave Maximovic. Uh, you know, I, I didn't give him credit last game, and then he played pretty good. Yeah. Rahamani won the penalty against Giorgio Chiellini. Now, I know Juve fans are going to feel hard done by this. When I watched it, I agree. I don't want to see these given as penalties. Yeah, that's a little hand across the face for the people that didn't see it. But the problem is. And this is where Pirlo should have spoke up because after the game he goes, "Oh, these decisions happen against Juve. The refs are against Juve. Yada yada yada." Okay, and the whole what everyone after? laughed at him. Yeah. But the thing is, Cavarese, who was the VAR ref in this game, yeah. In the Inter Juve game, when that bogus penalty to Ashley Young was given, you know who the official was in the game? Cavarese. Yeah. So once precedent was set with VAR in that game, he was forced. People don't. Listen, he was forced to give that. People don't want to see, I definitely don't want to see, penalties given yeah, for just little contact in the box when the ball's not even in play. There was no chance of Napoli scoring in that. Yeah. Just Chiellini just jumps in the air, hits Rahmani in the face with his hand, and bam, they point right to the penalty. So they are remaining consistent. I don't like those as penalties. I think Juve was hard done. Um, Especially in a game this big. Yeah, in a game this big. Ref, the ref's the star of the game, along with Marat, of course, making all those big saves. Yeah. But well, they um, still got to play Karma, each other one Karma, more time. Big time. Karma, yeah. big time. And Karma, big time. Karma, big time. And they yeah. have one more. Yeah. They have that makeup game against each other. So this, they've both won one mm-hmm. in their matchups. Juve beating them in the Supercopa, Napoli beating them here. Now we're gonna have the rubber match. Yes. Whenever that is gonna be announced. So, were you impressed with anyone's performance in this game? I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think Napoli stole this game. I think, yeah, they, they stole it. They did. They, they did st- nothing after they scored that goal. They just sat That's back, it. like you said. No one did much. I thought Insigne was going to miss the penalty, uh, but he he roofed it on the top of the net. It looked like it was going to go over the net, but he roofed yeah. it. Yeah. Really Chesney good penalty. No yeah, Chesney, Chesney no had chance. no chance on that. I'm, I'm, I'm more. This is a lot. This is. You have no one to blame but themselves for this game. They yeah. should have came out and just hammered them, and they didn't. 
I think it was just a mentality thing. They probably thought, oh, we got this in the bag, and Napoli comes out and steals it. The one thing I do want to say, since he came back from his uh, injury, Osiman has been uh, a shadow of what he was at the start of the season. Uh, and that's a huge, huge, huge loss for Napoli. Um, that was their guy. And even though he wasn't scoring, he was doing so many things off the ball and was giving them the opportunity to, to bury these goals. And he's been not, he's done nothing. And who's your, who's your alternative? Unfortunately, as he, I have a love hate relationship. Unfortunately, it's Andrea Patania and he's, he can't offer you the no. same, right? And, and he came on and he was, yeah, he did nothing. Yeah. He did nothing. So I just want to say too, before the game, Delict was praising Georgia Canini, the, yeah, you know the presence he's brought back on the field, the leadership qualities. He was probably the best player on the field. He was. He was the best player on the field. But uh, with in modern football, because of VAR and the soft penalties are given this yeah. day, he is a walking mistake ready to happen because he plays such a physical game. Exactly. Which is unfair to him. You know, it's a shame. Like VAR's really affected so many defenders. Like if you think of defenders back in the day. Like Maldini, Matarazzi, Nesta. They wouldn't get away with nothing. They get away with absolutely nothing because they play such a physical game, right? Mm -hmm. Like even guys like Cafu. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a a shame. It's such a shame. VAR, the rules have taken defending right out of the game. Yeah. You might as well not be a defender. Really, you're just. Your mistake waiting to happen. Guys play for the penalty now, and I can't can't stand it that this game is won on a penalty, but. Uh, it, is, it is. It is what it is. That's the way the game's going. The refs, hopefully, they they got to change something down yeah. the line. But well, let's move on from a game that shouldn't have been decided by a penalty that wasn't properly earned to a result that was well earned. And I'm talking about Spezia Calcio. Oh yeah. Two nothing victors over AC Milan. I think we did say we did give Milan the edge. We had to in our last podcast, but we said, don't be surprised if Spezia does something because they're scary. They're not afraid to play these teams. And when you go in and you play with no fear against teams like Milan, look what happens. Exactly. High press, put all the pressure on the Milan defenders. Totally threw Milan off. I think they were expecting Spezia to just sit back. I think so too. I didn't didn't think... that's Pioli's fault. I agree. I didn't think I don't think that he thought Spezzi would apply so much pressure to their back line. Yeah. Romagnoli too, they they singled him out. He was a he he gave exposed a beautiful him. yeah, he gave they a beautiful assist him. on the Maggiore goal yeah. <laughs> with his uh tackle, but he was running around everywhere. Uh yeah. he was lost. But it was such a great game plan by Vincenzo Italiano. Very well done. Dalot and Romagnoli. They were the two guys, probably the worst ball players in the team. Yeah. They were on the ball the most in the yeah. Milan team, which is bad. You want to get Kalinoglu on the ball. You want to get Kessie. Kyer, too. He's a great long ball passer. Those guys cannot get on the ball as much as they probably wanted to. Yeah. And all credit to Vincenzo Italiano. The energy of Spezia, the nonstop harassment of the back line, they deserve this. Yeah. I don't think Milan even had a real goal-scoring chance. Did they, they didn't even create zero one? No. Shots, zero shots on target by then. The Serie leaders, they aren't Serie leaders no more. But the one thing I want to say, you mentioned him last week, yes. Bastoni. My God. What a goal. Goal of what, the weekend. Man of the match, too. Sapanata as well, great game. Yeah. But go, go. That's what I wanted to talk about. 
it was so brilliant for Sapanata to play on the front left side. Mm-hmm. And he's not really a guy that plays there. He's a midfield. He's like a, usually a holding mid. And for Italiano to be bold and put him there, fantastic. Yeah, and, and this is a former AC Milan player too. Yeah. In Milan, he played more trecortista role. Yeah. Uh, they brought him back there. Yeah, and exactly. Spezia and Italiano, they said, listen, we're not putting you in the number 10 role. You're going out wide left. Yeah. And it and it's perfect. It gives Maggiore, because he has so much more energy than Saponata. It gives Saponata just calm on the ball. He's He doesn't have to do as much running as uh, as he probably yeah. you know would have to in any other system. And Bastoni, too, has all the energy in the world to get up and down the flank. Italiano is doing such a great job. He did try this tactic out in the Coppa Italia match earlier. I think Saponata got injured, and then now he's brought him back again. But Saponata, it looks like he's being reborn career-wise here. Well done, Spezia. (laughs) Yeah, well done. And this is, again, another team, another upset with a makeshift uh, center-back pairing here. Yeah. Because Ismajli, who came on as a sub in their previous game that uh, they won, I believe, or tied. Yeah. He replaced that Terzi. He started this game, so not even a starter. And this guy was one of the best players on the field yeah. again. And you got to look at guys they have on the bench. Like, they have Verde on the bench. They had their main hitman, who they haven't been really using, who's a secret weapon, in Galabinov. Yeah. Like, these guys didn't even see... No, they didn't. They went with the small, time. energetic Kevin Agudelo for the pressing. Hey, it worked. Didn't score, but he played the perfect he game. He played fantastic. shutting down. Oh, he was great. He is definitely the better Kevin in Italy, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, fantastic performance by Spezia. That was that was probably, one to me, one of the best games of the week. And I'm not just saying that because Milan lost. you got to watch the way Spezia played. Watch the highlights. If you're a hardcore fan, watch that game again. Watch the way Spezia pressed and choked out Milan. Yeah, they're an exciting team. Yeah, and you know what? Unfortunately for Milan, it's not going to get any easier. They got two massive games in City coming up now in match day 23 and match day 24. So the path doesn't get easy. Now, this is where they should have picked up points, and now the, here comes the struggle. So, and, and this is why I was saying for certain teams yeah. who just beat up on the little guys but lose the top guys, but for, for the it's other teams, for I, you know – the top teams are going to drop points to the bottom teams every once in a while. That's why I stated how important the, the yeah. games against the top teams are. And, and yeah. we'll see now this weekend if yeah. uh, Milan can keep their Scudetto hopes alive. Well, we'll see. Spezia, thank you very much for the favor. Speaking <laughs> of favors, let's move on to the next game. Roma. Three Roma. Nothing. Smashing of Udinese. And rightly so, well-earned. Pedro... Made a cameo and scored a rocket of a goal, if you haven't yeah. seen it. And the funny thing was about that goal was Luca Gotti was uh, – he was Sadi's assistant at uh, Chelsea. So that's how Pedro and Gotti know each other. Mm-hmm. And so before the game, Gotti and Pedro exchanged a couple of words. And Gotti told Pedro, hey, look, you got a Europa League game in the midweek to, f- to focus on. Keep your mind there. <laughs> and he's like, listen, just give me five minutes on this field. That's all I'm asking for. Pedro literally came on for five minutes. <laughs> he scored. <laughs> he he's the scorer of beautiful goals too, Pedro. Yeah. When that guy scores, it has to be a beautiful goal. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, I want to say, I'll tell you right now, it was a phenomenal performance. Defense bounced back huge. Mancini, Ibanez, 
Cristante, aside from the one giveaway, which almost credit to Paul Lopez for making that save but on Dulofeu. But uh, Cristante, really good in the makeshift center back there. Very good performance. Jordan Vertu, about time he showed up. Lorenzo Pellegrini, whether he has a good game or not, his presence on the field makes a massive difference. I, I mean, agree. he played I a decent game. Yeah. Played a decent game, got a yellow card. But it makes a massive difference when he's on the on the field. That's the captain. Yes. That's the captain. That is the captain. That 110% is the captain. And the it it sh- it could have been four four nothing. Uh, obviously a Mkhitaryan goal. Well, a very, who was it? Uh, was it Pellegrini that would have scored that goal? What the penalty? No, 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 no. There was a goal that was called back because Mkhitaryan apparently put pulled off a foul on Larson that mm. they looked at after. I forget who it was, but Mkhitaryan. I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. I know I don't want to talk about refs, but I'm disappointed that this guy is back refing City games in Giacomelli. The guy is, to me, the worst ref think, in Italian football. I think he's given a few penalties for Roma this No, season. he has, but... <laughs> like this, the penalty in this game, yeah. I thought was a complete shame. It shim. was a joke. It yeah. was a joke. Roma, Roma would have won this game they without would've. that penalty, but the, that was a joke. And it, it's hard done. What do you want Musa to do? I don't. And, what, what, you, and, you, and you're a goalie, so you're yeah, not just speaking what, out of what, your what ass do, here. What do we? What can we do? Like you can't touch the player. Are you kidding me? Because he caught him on the leg because he was trying to go dive in and grab the ball. That's a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mkhitaryan kicks the ball past him. It's gone. The play's done. Musso yeah. makes. So you're telling goalies now and defenders they're not allowed to even make a challenge in the yeah, box. That's a joke. It's a goalie that's ridiculous saying you cannot make a challenge in the box. What are you supposed to do? Just stand on the line? Yeah. yeah take your hardest shot at me. It's a joke. The net's, you know, the net's not big enough. Go. Yeah. So I can't come out now and challenge it's you. It's a joke. It, it is a joke. Goalies are set up to fail with the VAR system. They 100%. are. And defenders. They're, yeah. They're set up to fail. They're, it's. It's tough. I'm, I'm sick of the sick, the uh, soft penalties. I'm yeah. sick of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we come from a generation, especially me, uh, with the coaches I had, because I've been a goalkeeper majority of my life. The goalkeepers I had, uh, the goalkeeper coaches I have always had have told me, listen, your 18-yard box is your 18-yard box. If somebody comes in your 18-yard box, you make sure they pay. They pay, and they don't – you make sure they're scared to come in. And now you can't do that as a goalie because anything you do <laughs> – you, you lay a finger on You, you stare at them, and they fall over. They it's fall a penalty. Over. It's a penalty. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to harp on that. Giacomelli, you shouldn't be co- you shouldn't be refing any City A games after that debacle in the Milan Roma game. How convenient! Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's back. But credit to Roma, very good, very well done. Uh, Boria Mayoral didn't do much. Zeko came on. That's what Zeko's going to do. He's going to come on for 20 minutes. He assisted the Pedro goal. But here's the funny thing: I don't think he mean to assist it. If you see. The replay on that goal, he was going for the ball to take the shot himself, but then I think he saw Pedro with the corner of his eye already coming in, so he stopped. So you got you to gotta watch that. It wasn't intentional. wasn't intentional. Yeah. But this is what Roma does. Beat on the small teams. Hope the teams around you get get 
get upset yeah. and it's working and guess what we're in third place now yeah so back to third after that uv loss um i just want to bring it through the day we talked about this the tactics why we talked about roma Ibanya is a Mancini, especially Ibanya. He's one of the best ball-playing center backs. Yeah, when yeah you fantastic pl- game. Yeah, when you play Llorente <laughs> up top, who can't press, who can't move. Yeah. And you're going to give him so much time. Ibanez again, had the most touches out of any player yeah. on the field. He had too much time on the ball. Yeah, that's Fonseca's tactics, you know, and all the, the top coaches, what they see is pressure Ibanez, and then you kind of break down the Roma. Yeah. The Roma it's attack because he is so good at it's distributing. Obvious. And I mean, at the the one thing I will say is De, De Feu tried. He tried, but he De Feu is not a good no defender from the front. Uh, no. no, and and to be honest with you, the the move from Gotti to bring Okaka on for Llorente, you're bringing on like for like. It was a boneheaded move. You should have brought on Nestrovsky sooner. Yes, Nestrovsky is a quicker option. He's more like a Balotti. Yeah, he, he brings him on with five minutes plus injury yeah. time. Nestrovsky should have been the sub for Llorente, not Okaka. Yeah. That's bad, really bad, all I have to say. Bad subs, bad tactics by Gotti, yeah. but Roma doing what they do best. Beating on these teams. Yeah. Bullies. They pick on the little guys. Whatever. It works. <laughs> from that, let's move on to another team from La Liguria, La Sampdoria. Yeah. All the Taking La- out Fiorentina. All the Liguria teams are doing great. They are. All on top of each other on the yeah. table. This game... Sampdoria were lucky to walk away. They were lucky to walk away. It was well-earned because they played for this one guy that kept them in the game. And I'm talking about the man that should be Italy's number three, Emil <laughs> Odero. Yeah, he... What uh, a game. I love this guy. This guy's a great goalkeeper. He is great. He has very good basics of goalkeeping. He, he has does. a down-packed, great foundation. Even on the goal, Pulgar took the free kick. He got up, saved it. Uh, and then it was just a rebound that he even got to, but his arm was just behind the line, and Vlahovic got on top of it. Another goal for Vlahovic. And uh, that probably should have been the tying game right there, but Drakowski made two big errors. He made a big error on the Kieta Balde, beaten way too easily on the corner, and then uh, on the Qualiarella goal too. Qualiarella, he doesn't even put a lot of power. He doesn't even place it in the corner, and Drakowski is like, he's frozen. The ball's coming at him, and he still doesn't move. And then he drops last second, can at hand, and he's been playing great, Drakowski. I don't know what's going on with these Polish goalkeepers because now Drakowski's <laughs> playing awful and Skorupski's playing good. Like, it's... Yeah. Chesney's the man, but... Yeah, but... Poland's got all their goalkeepers in Italy. They do. What does that tell you? Best goalies come out of Italy. 100%. But Drakowski, though, not having a great game, though, this... Uh, no. he, he's the reason why they lost this game, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he was. It's unfortunate, but no surprise there. There's a lot of rumblings happening in Fiorentina. They're going to change the front office. They're, like they're not they're not even talking about Prendelli coming back next year even though he's Yeah, signed he's finished. Years. And talk about office changes. Spezia actually get a new ownership with the Americans as well. Yes. Been meaning to mention that the last little bit. Uh, so we'll see what path they go down. What the well, Americans I think do. I think Spezia is going to probably be a mainstay now. Yeah. They're probably cuz now they got money and it's been for a couple of weeks now that they have this new ownership. Either, yeah. So, it just yeah, it just happened within a week or so. But you know what's so smart about this ownership? I'll give you that. I know we're talking about Spezia. I'll just make my point real quick. This ownership basically came in and said, "Keep doing what you're doing. Go for it." That's smart because this team's on a roll. I love these Ligurian teams. They're great. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Sampdoria. They stole this game. But, hey, 
they're doing the job. Claudio Ranieri is a fantastic coach, and you can arguably say that the three three of the best coaches right now in Serie A are the Ligurian coaches. And yes, I'm talking about the man in the shades as well. So, (laughs) Godspeed. Yeah, something's going on there. Something's going on in that region of Italy. But uh, Godspeed and uh, congratulations to Sampdoria. That being said, let's move on. Uh, Atalanta squeaking out a win against Cagliari. That was a huge surprise because this game had this game had tie. Cagliari actually played really good. Yeah, this game had tie written all over. You know why they played good? Even though he didn't have the greatest game in the world, that Rugani Godin pairing looks yeah. well, looks good. It does. Godin again, especially back to back good games. This guy, he is carrying this team defensively. Yeah. Um, the listen, Cagliari played good. For once. Created chances, not too many. Yeah, for not once. Too, neither team really created any big chances. But Cagliari, yeah. I'd say, kind of won the midfield battle. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the super sub, Muriel, yeah, Muriel. comes wow. in, goes through. All the subs that came on played well for Atalanta. Yeah, that's what they have. They have that was the difference right have there. depth, energy, speed. And the defense. Oh, yeah. Shmisti and Romero, Romero and Palomino. Again, again like, Romero, one of the best defenders yeah. this weekend. No surprise. Um, Real Madrid's going to have their hands full next week. Real Madrid's going to lose. I think so. I think so, too. I think so. But, yeah, Cagliari, it's it's hard to see. I, the Francesco, he looks so defeated after that goal <laughs> went in. He yeah, looked. but they, he knows they have a massive game this week, and they've been in Retiro. And for our fans that are not familiar with what the Retiro is, is usually clubs that go into a huge bad dip of form go into these Retiros, which are like camps, where they go straight from the game into this camp. They're not allowed to see their family, nothing like that. You're, you're focused 110% in, d- day and night on soccer. And so they're in Retiro until, they're ne- in the, until their next game on Friday. And that's a massive game. Usually when teams go in Retiro, they come out with a result the next game. If that happens, good job because you need it, especially in this game coming up. But And if you don't get anything, I think you got to ax this coach. But you can't because you gave him an extension. Yeah, if if you don't win this next game, then I don't know. I don't know where they go from there. No. I tell you where they're going. City of B. It's been a little while, so it's okay. So credit to Atalanta. They got the job done at the end. Yes. Right? They got the job done at the end. Let's move on. Sassuolo narrowly beating out Crotone. And I told you, don't be surprised if Crotone does something. And I don't say that very often. At the end of the day, it was a Caputo penalty, which was the difference. Yeah, Sassuolo creating a lot of chances. And the, why? The penalty. Another, another know, soft another penalty. Another bogus penalty. Another bogus penalty. This week was the weekend of bogus soft penalties. Yeah. But it was given regardless. Yeah. Adam Wanas, the Algerian. Yeah. French-born Algerian. Fantastic what goal. What a game. He, fantastic oh game. Fantastic God. goal. Um, Sat Peluso on his on his butt, man. <laughs> he when, did. Oh, why is Peluso still playing? That guy's got to be like 40 now. But it was a makeshift pairing. Marlon and Peluso. Like, what are you doing? But what a difference. And we've said this time and time again. Domenico Berardi makes when he's on the field for this team. Because guess who played well? Berardi, Locatelli, 
and Caputo. And Caputo Even yeah. Juricic chipped in a great game. Yeah. So maybe they're coming back into form a little bit. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe this is the start of Sassuolo coming back into form. But Crotone on the other side, jeez, the whipping boys. They're just they're going down with the ship. Yeah, they're they're finished. They got there's nothing in this team. No. Um Messias they dropped him into the midfield. He came back. Played a good game, but yeah. Crotone, they're, yeah, they're they're hopeless. They're hopeless. They're I hopeless. thought that was going to be Spezia this year. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> anyways, let's move on to massive game. Inter Milan. Taking, doing the favor for Roma. Thank you so much. And smashing <laughs> the Laziale. Climbing up the table. <laughs> yeah, new, Inter uh, now. First place in Serie A, league leaders. Yeah. Would you believe it? I do. <laughs> I do. Listen, this, hey. it's a marathon. I've been saying it since day one. The yeah. loss against Sampdoria, these didn't affect me. They are winning the games they need to win. Destiny is in their hands, and they can cement yeah, it in their hands after this weekend. Yeah, they got full control now. But not a lot of teams beat Lazio twice in one season. No. Inter did it now. They've scored four goals against the stubborn Lazio team. Yeah. Lazio, fortunate to get their goal with the deflection. Now, people I saw online everyone oh enters lucky enters overrated no, they, this. Played, they played a great game because Lazio had 60 percent possession listen to anybody that watches this city yeah that knows football period Lazio is a counter-attacking team that is their bread and butter okay and Conte gave them the ball Conte and said, Play said with it. exactly here you go break yeah. me down and see if you can win the game Inter was in control the entire game yeah even though they only had 30 percent possession Okay, they were in control the entire game. They got more shots on target. More shots. They created more dangerous chances. Lazio did nothing. They were doing all their little passing, one-touch passing. It looked pretty at some times, but they could not break through that defense. Skuniar, Di Vrij, unbelievable in defense. Uh, Handanovic, too. Cameraman showed up. He is coming into form. He showed up. He's been the reason we've been conceding a lot of goals earlier in the season. If he plays like this for the rest of the season, it's hands down done. Brozovic outstanding. I was so happy to see the Barella Brozovic Erickson pair. Erickson, again. yeah. He's really f- dug into this team now, eh? He has, and uh he's proven his worth. I was a bit worried actually. The guy in the left wing back position, Pedisic, <laughs> when I saw him in the starting lineup because he's been very bad it's defensively. Like, oh, but he was he shut down Lazidi. He was he did. excellent. Excellent defensively. That's why Conte did it. Conte, Conte knew that Perisic has pace, and if there's anybody that's gonna stop Lazzari, it's gotta be yeah, Perisic, right? Exactly. And what can we say about the two up top? Yeah. They are the best one-two punch in Italy. Lautaro's finally starting to uh, yeah. finish his chances. 11 goals he scored. When these two are on form, they are unstoppable. It's true. And they demolished Lazio. They did. And you know what? I will say this. The one thing that it we knew, I think you and I both knew that this Inter was capable of this. This is the Inter that we've been waiting for. It's just a shame that this didn't happen in the Champions League. That that I will say. Because if they played like this in their group, they'd be in the round of 16 right now. We'd be talking about them in the round of 16. No, I agree. And they they would have easily made a run of the Champions League, I believe, if they yeah. got out of that group. I just don't know what it is with uh, this inter-team in Champions League. There's something, something's not clicking. Because they shouldn't, they should be getting out of a group with Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Borussia Mönchengladbach. They should. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. But okay. if they make it up in the Serie A, 
Wallace is all they have now. All the they're better. out of Coppa Italia. They're out yeah. of the Champions League. They're not in the Europa League because they finished bottom of the group. So yeah. I, this is all they have. Yeah, it is. They um, need to make most of it. Simone, in regards to Simone Inzaghi in the game, he uh, completely got his subs wrong this totally, game. Totally. Totally. Terrible subs. I know he was forced to start Wesley Hoyt. Uh, Radu yeah. got injured. But in the game, he ends up subbing on Marco Parolo at halftime, taking out Hoyt because of the yellow card. And Pitz Parolo yeah. as the center back, one of the slowest players on the field. And if anybody saw the third goal, Lukaku just outmuscled him, outran him, squared it to yeah, Lautaro. Yeah. Parolo was completely out of He's his finished. depth. And then he packed it in, 70th minute. He took off Chiro and Correa, yeah. brought him uh, Morici and Caicedo. That was it. You know it was done. Oh, yeah. He packed it in, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so Simone Inzaghi surprisingly got his tactics, I think, completely wrong this game. Uh, was outcoached, and I think that is the, the difference because last was a great team, yeah. but the better coaching won this game. They did. But, and I know a lot of people are talking about controversy on the penalty. Did you think there was controversy in that? Not really. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't as controversial as it wasn't. It wasn't soft like Juve's or Roma's. Yeah. It or was, sorry, Napoli's or Roma's penalty. It wasn't that soft. So. Yeah. It was. It was when I watched it in live time, I thought no penalty. Yeah. Wesley Hoyt, I thought slid right along. Lautaro guided him into the goal, this and I thought it was a nice tackle. This is the problem with that penalty, tackle. though. This yeah. is the problem with that penalty. Look, Hoyt. Did not come in from the side, and I don't care what anybody says. If you're coming in like that from behind the player, to me, nine times out of ten, it's a foul. I don't think it doesn't look like he got much of the ball. It really doesn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't even think he touched the ball. I think His he just guided him. He just guided over. him. Yeah. Into the goalie. But the announcers are saying, oh, it looks like he came from the side. He did not come from the side. Yeah. He was behind Latauro. If you look at the clip, Wesley yeah. Hoyt's left leg when he's yeah. in when he's in midair with both legs in the air, uh, his left leg clips the back of Lautaro, which is which what knocks over Lautaro. Yeah, but it's now, from behind, it, and you it was never from behind. going on a slide tackle from behind. Yeah, controversial for some people, but pro- definitely the least controversial penalty given yeah, this weekend. I would say, but congratulations, three one. Yeah, three one win. Inter S- statement win. Statement yeah. win. Deservedly on top. Let's get this last game out of the way. Not the surprise here. Verona. <laughs> no surprise. Two to here. one. Parma scoring their one goal off penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and then they score a penalty and then they get an own goal <laughs> to tie it up a few I minutes know. later. But that Barak, if you haven't seen you want to see a perfect header off a corner for a goal. That was like Barak, he said it himself. God. That was like Drogba. That's yeah. what that reminded me when I first saw it yeah. as well. His leap, how high he got, it's it beautiful. went right under the bar. But where's, like, this is the thing. Where's Osorio and Bani and Gagliolo and Conti? You guys are defenders. You grab the guy's jersey. You keep him down. Yeah, they... And they just let him fly. But it was a beautiful goal. <laughs> yeah, Parma created the better chances, just uh, poor Disaster. finishing. They got no Disaster. goal scorers. The worst goal-scoring yeah. record in the league. Yeah. Um, but Inglis is on his way back. Bobby English is Bobby on his English, way back. Yeah. Graziano Pelle is hurt, so <laughs> so he comes in hurt. So he got subbed in on this game, but yeah. Or sorry, that was Pezzella. No, sorry, was he Pezzella. didn't come in. It wasn't sorry, Pelle. Sorry. Pelle's got a yeah, he's contusion <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. He's got contusion. Yeah, what a clown. Um, but uh, Verona deservedly so won this game, I think. Any hope for Parma? None. 
they're going down. They're too, going right? down. It looked. It looks like relegation might be done and dusted, depending uh, on the Cali depending on the Calatorino game. Yeah, yeah, because now you're starting to see separation, right? Yeah. So that sums up match day 22. Let's read you these standings. Let's read you the top seven because it's so close. The top four. So we now got new league leaders, Inter Milan, 50 points. Chess solo Inter. <laughs> AC Milan, second place, 49 points. Third place, La Roma with 43 points. Fourth place, Juventus, 42 points. Lazio, two-point gap now. Out of fourth, 40 points. Napoli, getting back into it, 40 points in sixth place. Seventh place, Atalanta, 40 points. So fifth, sixth, and seventh, all on 40 points. That Juve-Napoli game that still got to play is so crucial now. It's huge. It is. It is huge. Because if Juve still gets that default, Juve is on 45 points. Five points out of the Scudetto leader and in third place. And if Napoli... They could be right back in it. That game, they could be right back in. It's crazy. It's huge. That's got. That's like a. That's a season-defining game yeah. that we still have to come, which is so exciting. And then I the, think seventh to third, they're all within a win of each other, right? They, they Three are. points. Yeah. They are. The separation is right after Atlanta because then you got Sassuolo at eighth with thirty-four points, so there's six points to catch yeah. up. Verona ninth, thirty-three points. But this is where I'll, I'll mention this real quick. I know this is out of our top seven. 10th, 11th, 12th, Sampdoria, Genoa, Spezia. <laughs> There's the Ligurian mid-table yeah. crunch there. And now let's look at the bottom. You, you, Crotone, you're finished. You're five points out away from safety. Uh, sorry. Parma, you're close to being done. Uh, Parma in 19th place with 13 points. Cagliari, 18th place, 15 points. Torino, just two points ahead. And they play each other match day 23. So Torino, 17th place with 17 points. And don't count this team out yet. I don't think they're safe yet. Fiorentina is seven points up on in safety. But the way they're playing, they they could... They, they're they, probably going to finish like 16th place. They're going to be right there. They're going to be right yeah. there. Because if Cagliari goes on a run and Torino goes on a run... But this is how... And this... Oh, to, you Torino fans, before we move on. Through 22 games this season, you've only won two games. You've drawn 11 and you've lost nine. Oh, the pain of being a Torino fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crotone has more wins than you. Yeah. Cagliari has one more win than you. You have the same number of wins as Parma. Oh, you poor guys. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. But Nicola needs to get... He needs to get he this needs team to going. Start I think he's capable. Yeah. But let's what is move. it? It's five drives, five draws for him now, I think, in a row? Yeah. Something, something crazy. Like something crazy. Anyway. Let's move on to those two Champions League games. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, we can't cover Juve Porto today. Yeah. Um, but we know that Bonucci is not playing today. Yeah. And we can't cover Sevilla Dortmund. But we'll talk about them next week. We'll anyway. talk about them next week. But let's talk about these two games here. Liverpool, 2 nothing. Yeah, surprising I, win in my books over Leipzig. I think so. Liverpool coming off three defeats in the Premier League. Yeah, the this, Premier League's done. Yeah, club admitted it, but now yeah. like they got Champions League 
They do. Don't I, count this team out. Nagelsmann, he's one of the young German coaches, gets yep. lots of praise in the media. He, uh, these tactics, I know he's been playing with the three-man defense. He yep. has played four-man defense too. I did not understand what his tactics were. Yep. You are going to play three back against Salah, Firmino, Amani, one of the best uh, tridents in, in world football. You're going to play 3v3, man for man. Stupid. Yeah. That is so dumb. Stupid tactics. I'm so surprised from one of the top managers. He continued with a three-man defense for this game. Yeah. So Liverpool's t- approach, it was no longer just high pressure. It was, no. long, it was long ball after long ball from Henderson uh, from the back. They kept trying to put it in behind the defense. And both goals, I believe, came off of the long ball, putting pressure on the, de- on the Leipzig defenders because it plays so high up to have to turn. And then with the yeah. probably the two fastest guys in, uh, in Europe, Salah and Mane, running right on their tails, they made two errors, and that's yeah. it, goal. I didn't understand Julian Nagelsmann's tactics. It was so amateurish. He has no one to blame about himself for this. No, not exactly. Yeah. They did, and all, they did create chances. They hit the post. Um, Danny Olmo right at the beginning of the game. They created instances in the first, uh, in the second half as well, right yeah. in the first few minutes. But this this Leipzig team, they start off the halves strong, and then they just fade right out. That's yeah. how both halves go. These German teams, they play with so much intensity, and then they just disappear. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think Nagelsmann got his, this game completely wrong. Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Uh, so, huge uh, huge ground that Leipzig needs to catch up for in the Liverpool game, in the second leg, uh, where they go to Anfield. So. Yeah, still still not done. Still not done, but Liverpool's got the two away goals. Yeah. Lots of football to play. But let's move on. PSG. Yes. The the Italian show everybody, PSG. Can we yeah. name them? Florenzi, Verratti, Moise Keane. Yeah, Alessandro Florenzi. I'm so happy for you, but I'm so I can't believe we just let you walk for nothing. Yeah. Um, look at what look at what he's doing there. Look at what Moise Keane is doing there. He's he's getting his Champions League football. Moise Keane was just at Everton not too long ago. He's on he's on loan at PSG. He's on loan, and now he's a catalyst in this team. Yeah. Neymar was injured for this game. They arguably played better without Neymar. They do. Mbappe, fantastic hat trick. Yes, beautiful. He reminded me of the original Ronaldo. Yeah. If you ask me, the best player to ever play the game, Ronaldo. Can, can I just me of say today or this, yesterday? This, the top three was phenomenal. And yes, even though he didn't score, I'm talking about the former interman, Mauro Icardi. He played a fantastic game in the middle. Held I, the ball up. I agree. It's nice to see him yeah. playing again. Gave Kayon and Mbappe the room to... Because basically, Icardi was kind of like a false nine where the ball would go to him and then Mbappe and Kayon take it off, right? Yep. And it worked really well. It, I, I have to give Pochettino credit here. Yeah, he did... His, uh, his style's working. It was great. It is, his style is working. He changed Verratti's position. Verratti... Yeah, Verratti playing up high. Yeah, usually he's been being played as a regista but this time he played they were saying a trecortista in the Italian media it wasn't a trecortista no. it was Iniesta's position yeah. left it was like in a left attack and midfielder who also has to play defense but it was very much in the Iniesta mold and yeah. I'm pretty sure Barcelona was very upset that they don't have a player like this in their midfield oh, 100% instead they got uh, the pretender the young there and the young <laughs> Pedri but uh Verratti was outstanding. Beautiful assist. Trivella outside of the foot for Mbappe on his goal. 
he played great. All three Italians were great. Leonardo Paredes, former Roma player. Yeah, Marquinhos, another former Roma player. This is the City All-Star team over here. Seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, they are. But what do we think? Again, to me, BS penalty. I think it was so soft. Kurosawa, yeah. eyes are on the ball the entire time. Yeah, young, I feel bad for him. I don't know. I guess it's a penalty. It's a modern-day penalty. What do I know? I guess we're dinosaurs now. Seriously. <laughs> 30-year-old dinosaurs, I guess. Pretty much. But uh, Barcelona, they were on a red-hot streak, I think, of five-plus wins in the yeah. league. La Liga climbed all the way back up to second recently. Now they're third based on goal differential, I think, with Real Madrid. PK has been out for two months. Ronald Koeman, what are you doing starting PK yeah. in this match <laughs> against... And he's not the Gerard PK of past. No, he, he looked horrendous. Jordi Alba looked horrendous. The one, I, the one person I do want to say looked horrendous... And I honestly think he's not as good of a goalkeeper as people think he is. I think it's just the team in front of him. And I'm talking about Ter Stegen. He doesn't impress me at all. Fair the, enough. Uh, the, there's there's a reason why he hasn't taken the gloves off Manuel Neuer in between the German sticks. Manuel yeah. Neuer is miles ahead at the age that he is over Ter yeah. Stegen. Not, yeah, not great, man. No Are we seeing the fall of Barcelona? Yeah, this is the fall of Barcelona. The old core you see pk in there alaba, alaba busquets, busquets. <laughs> busquets terrible messy terrible they're done this team's done and needs a rebuild the public can't save them no they and he can't good he's been played good but they can't there's nothing in this team the no. midfield is too predictable way too predictable psg looks so much faster fitter oh yeah just more dynamic on the ball Barcelona just, they look lethargic and slow. There was a beautiful picture of PK trying to drag down Mbappe, and he's yeah. almost on his stomach. It was a funny picture. But also the signings they've been making. You have Brathwaite coming on. Uh, Doesn't not make ins- sense. Not inspiring. Serginho Dest, the young American, he was totally outclassed by Mbappe. Baratti, he was torn to bits. He couldn't handle, uh, he couldn't handle Mbappe and Baratti. Yeah. No offense to him, he didn't get much support from De Jong or yeah. his partner, PK, but he looked a little bit out of his depth. Still young, though, that's the plus side for him. Yeah. Um, but Barcelona looked miserable. The only thing I have to say is, not too long ago, PSG were winning 4 nothing. Yeah. I think this was around four or three years ago, and Barcelona came back and won 6-2, if I'm not mistaken. So They did. Maybe they we did. can have a repeat of that, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it team. happening, not with this team. No. We still got two more quarterfinal games to play. That goes today. Uh, hope you enjoy them. Europa League goes, obviously, tomorrow, the first legs. We talked about them in our last podcast. Yeah, it's going to be good, Europa League. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely going to be good. But while we're in the interest of Champions League, let's talk about the four games coming up in the next midweek. Exactly. Lazio hosting Bayern Munich at the Stadio Olimpico. I'm talking about Atletico Madrid hosting Chelsea. Talking about Muchin Gladbach and City and Atalanta Real Madrid. Madonna, what a game that's going to be. Yeah. So let, let's start with Lazio. Let's Bayern start Munich. with Lazio, Bayern Munich. I think Bayern Munich has no competition in uh, Bundesliga. Leipzig yeah. is the second best team in uh, Germany. Then it's it's it's, sh- it's shameful. It's fallen right now. It's off. shameful. That's the second best team. Yeah. I think Bayern are going to get a, a bit of a rude awakening by Lazio. I think so too. And just quickly, sorry to interrupt, but to shout this out. Bayern was on vacation at the FIFA World Club. If you haven't watched that game, watch the highlights. They played Tigres in the final, and they struggled. They yeah. struggled against Tigres 
from Mexico. Yeah. Bayern, listen, Lewandowski. I, I worry about this yeah. Bayern Munich team. It's Lewandowski, Thomas Muller show. I think Lazio, if they play anything like they have been in Serie A, yeah. they can knock them out. Whether they have enough deep down, I don't think they don't have think so. that little bit of quality and yeah. the defense is lacking. But uh, at the same time, Lazio's going to park the bus against these guys, play their style of play against Bayern Munich. Exactly. And it works in Lazio's favor. And Bi- Bi- Bayern plays a high line, almost yeah. right up to the halfway line. Chiro, he's fast. He gets behind uh, those center backs in yeah. Bayern. And he listen, will score. The, I want to bring this up. When Robert Lewandowski was playing for Poland... When they played against Italy in that second game, who was that center back that was on him like glue? Francesco. Acerbi. He was nothing in that game. He's playing. Acerbi's got his number. Acerbi's got his number, and Acerbi's been phenomenal. I don't think Lewandowski scores a goal in this game. I'm going to say that right now. I don't think Lewandowski scores in this game. Wow. We're going to see arguably one of the fastest players on the planet, Alfonso Davies, go head-to-head. With a nuisance on the other side and Lazzari. Yeah, that'll be very That'll be interesting. Davies has got the pace, hands down, on Lazzari. Well, Lazzari, he's fast. He's he fast, fast. But this is the difference. Lazzari is a lot better with his feet on the ball than Davies is. Davies has still got a lot to learn. I think he's a fantastic player. I love him. Canada's guy. But I think he's going to be in for a rude awakening with Lazzari. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I'm giving Lazio this much credit. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's because Bayern's style fits Lazio so well. It does. That's that's why. It, it does. If it was like Lazio versus Atletico Madrid, I want to give oh, Lazio a chance. No. But it's because Bayern plays such a high line. Yeah. But we might see Chiro get behind that line. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There is a I chance. Think, there is a real chance there. I think you can see Lazio get something out of this. Maybe a draw. I think I don't think Lazio is going to lose at home. That that much I will say. About this game that's going to be one of the mo- yeah. most exciting games next week it will be let's move on to the other one atletico madrid hosting chelsea so, so chelsea getting a brand new manager thomas tuchel, tuchel he hasn't uh, lost the game no but th- they've played like burnley yeah. sheffield they have they beat tottenham yeah they, they beat tottenham i'll give that's, them that that's that's i think been their hardest uh competition well when tottenham parks the bus yeah anybody marino's been uh <laughs> been terrible but Chelsea with Tuchel now they keep sixty plus pos- uh, percent possession. They play with and the ball who's high line. Main guy in the midfield, Tuchel's Jorginho. Jorginho loves Jorginho. Kovacic pairing. He's brought that back. It works. Timo it Werner works. with the speed. Yep. Callum Hudson Odoi on the right wing. Atletico Madrid, the top team in Spain. They are, I think, the rated the sixth best team to win the competition in terms of the yeah. odds, which I think is ridiculous. Crazy. I, Atletico Madrid They're should fantastic. be right up there. As one Joao of Felix, uh, um, Luis Suarez, Jan Oblak, and arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Best defense in the Liga. First yeah. place, like I said, they have a 10-point margin with three games in hand at, up nuts. at the top. Uh, and Atletico Madrid is getting no credit for this tournament. They're a, they're a dark horse and a half for this game. I think Atletico Madrid wins this game. I don't think Chelsea has enough sharpness. Very comfortably. Yeah, I Very think so too. Very Atletico Madrid wins I this game. I think, yeah, Tuco is not going to go his way in this game. No. No, but for the English fans, there's another game that is going to go your way. Muchen Gladbach hosting Manchester City. I don't give Muchen Gladbach a chance. No, I think Manchester. Uh, this is Manchester City's on another level where they are obsessed 
with the Champions League. They're kind of they're like Juventus. They are the Juventus of the Premier League. They are yeah. obsessed and, with the Champions. And League. I think they're favorites next to Bayern. Man City's yeah. been on a on a 16 game unbeaten streak in the Premier they're League. On a tear. Okay, Gondogan, he's been playing phenomenal, scoring tons of goals. I think he's in the double digits now for the midfield. Yeah. Playing like a false nine at some points. Uh hands down Borussia Mönchengladbach. Credit to them for being in the stage, but uh not yeah. doing the greatest in Bundesliga. I can't see Man no City chance. losing to these no guys. No chance. Now let's move on to arguably the most exciting game next midweek. Atalanta hosting Real Madrid. I'm telling you, Atalanta amps themselves up for this game. We talked about it, how they, for the tough teams, they're a nuisance, and then they struggle against teams like Cagliari yeah. <laughs> and Udinese. But but the, the reason is because of their tactics. They love to play against teams that love to play up from the back, love to uh, play possession because yeah. Atalanta is such a high-pressing team, play with lots of energy. These games fit their mold exactly. This is yeah. what they want. Go play the ball from the back. We're going to we're gonna get it off you. Sergio Ramos, I don't think, is in this game. Yeah, Zidane's got his work cut out I for think, him. Yeah, they're missing a few players through injury. This isn't the Real Madrid of a few years ago. You also have, uh, what's his name in net there? What's his name? Belgian goalkeeper. Courtois. Yeah, you have Courtois. So you're already playing a man down. Because <laughs> he's t- overrated garbage. <laughs> I hate him. Um, but I think Atalanta's going to steal this game. I think Atalanta's going to come out of this round against Real Madrid. I think If so they too. play the way they do, like they did against Milan, like they've done against Juve, Roma. I'm like, this is going to be an exciting game, everybody. I'm excited. Listen, Real Madrid, their best players are still Benzema, Casemiro, Toni Kroos, Luka Modric. Those are still their best players. Okay? They've they've gotten past it a bit. Eden Hazard's been a flop. Marcello's <sighs> disappeared. Danny Carvajal, he's been uh, all right. Coming off lots of injuries. I think he's in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Sergio Ramos, I believe, is injured. There's not a lot of depth. No as what Real Madrid used to have. Um, and Atalanta are a younger, quicker, faster team. I honestly think this is Atlanta's tie to lose. Yeah, They should beat Real Madrid hands down. We'll and, see what happens. And I'm telling you, there are people out there, there are listeners out there that have probably heard that and think we're nuts or we're extremely biased because we're taking, we're telling you to take Atlanta over Real Madrid. The seventh, if, the, I think the seventh place team in Serie yeah. to beat the second place team yeah. in La Liga. But let me tell you something. If you think we're crazy, go watch some packages from Atalanta in the city. Yeah. Watch a game. Especially against the, the top against dogs. Against the top teams. Against the top dogs. It's a totally different team. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, we do have a weekend of City out to go. Injuries yeah. can come into play. Yeah. But if they're fully fit, Atalanta will win this game. Hands down. Especially that they're playing in uh, Bergamo for the first game. Yeah. Hands, hands down. Hands down. It's just a shame there won't be fans in the stands. Yeah. But uh, that's that's Champions League next midweek. Enjoy the games. Let's take it. Let's bring it back to Serie A because we got some big games this coming weekend. Oh, boy. Tasty, tasty games. Big, yeah. big, big, big games. The table might shift again. And uh, let's start it off with the Friday games. Fiorentina hosting La Spezia at the Artemio Franchi. Fiorentina... The Cesare Prandelli Fiorentina is just as bad as the Beppe Bergo, uh, the Beppe Iacchini, sorry, Fiorentina. They don't impress me. 
I'm actually really disappointed in this Fiorentina team. This was a team that had so much promise and has failed miserably. They belong, they deserve where they are against a Spezia team that's not afraid to attack, that's on a roll. And I'm telling you right now, I like this Spezia team. They got nothing to lose, everything to gain. A win against Fiorentina further increases their likelihood of staying in Serie A, pads their points. I think they win this game. La Spezia. Yeah. Fiorentina's problem is they cannot score goals. No. Only 22 goals. A, a team that just got promoted from Serie B that went through the playoffs have 30 goals yeah. compared. Problem is Spezia's defense. They do concede a lot of goals at 38. Fiorentina aren't that much better at 35. Um, Spezia, you got to feel are riding a high after that Milan win. Yeah. Fiorentina, on the other hand, haven't won a game in three. Is Prandelli able to bounce back and get the victory? I don't think so. No. I think uh, I do. I think Spezia come out and get three wins in a row. Yeah. I do. I think they beat Fiorentina this game. So we're both trying to take Spezia. Let's move on to the massive, the relegation battle, on Friday afternoon at two forty-five Eastern Standard Time. Cagliari hosting Torino. What a game! Cagliari sitting eighteenth place. Torino sitting 17th place in that safety place. Two points separates them. This is a massive game for both Di Francesco and Nicola. What do you think about this game? What do you think is going to happen? Well, Torino, I think, are definitely the more solid team. Haven't lost under Davide yet. Caleri, on the other hand, Eusebio Di Francesco, there's a lot of questions to be asked. And they're in the Retiro. They're in the Retiro. Doesn't make a difference for them. No. They did. They did come out and play a, a good game against Atalanta, so I think that's kind of something they can work off of. But I just feel they lack so much going up, going up, they and do. and defensively they still concede so many goals. Di Francesco, I think he's lost tactics wise. He doesn't even know what to do anymore. And I think I think Davide Nicola. I think he gets his first win here. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with you. I think Torino is going to win this game. Torino have turned the corner. For a couple of weeks now, where they're slowly getting on the rise, there was a huge comeback against Atalanta. And Cagliari are just starting to try and figure out what to do. I just think Torino's got this one in the bag. They know how important this is. You win this game, you're now five points out of relegation for Torino. Cagliari, you win this game, you're out of relegation by one point. And Torino goes back in. Yeah. So, to me, I think Torino's got... Torino's got more to lose in this game than Cagliari does. So, I'm telling... We're both telling to take Torino. Yeah, Torino, they just have more about them going forward. I think Balotti and uh, Zaza are going to break down Rugani and Godin. I just... I think so. Yeah. But let's move on to the next game. Sunday morning... Or, sorry, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Lazio hosting Sampdoria before their big game against Bayern. This is going to be interesting because I don't know... (laughs) Yeah. Does Lazio rotate... I think he has to. He has to rotate. And but Sampdoria, at the same time, at the same time, he can taste top top four. I know. I know. So There's so much riding on this game, right? Yeah. And Sampdoria is such a stubborn team as well. And Sampdoria gets points against teams like this. Yeah. To me, I think Sampdoria got their win last week. Lazio's got a lot to lose. I think Lazio's still got more quality than Sampdoria, and they arguably do. I think even with the rotation, you're going to see Lazio come out with the victory. Because Lazio 
can't afford to go lose back to back like that. No, they can't. They can't. They can't with it being so tight. I think it's gonna. They're gonna have to rely on a set piece. Yeah. To win this game, I think it's gonna be one of those cagey matches. Not a lot's gonna be created, but a goal is gonna have to come off a corner or a free kick, yeah. win a penalty somehow. Uh, and I think that's how Lazio gets this victory. Yeah. But it's gonna be a really cagey game. For sure. For sure. Now let's move on to. So we're both trying to take Lazio. Let's move on to Saturday at 12 o'clock. The man in the shades and his Genoa team hosting Hellas Verona, Ivan Juric. Uh, so you have, uh, I want to, I would say a red hot Genoa team. This is the Genoa team I expected at the start of the season. Going up against Hellas Verona, uh, a very solid team. Very stubborn to break down. Very stubborn to beat. This is going to be a tough game. Genoa's at home. Pandev and Desso coming off a poor game against Torino. Can they bounce back? Mattia Perin, solid. Uh, where Marco Silvestri's form is dipped. How do you see this game, Giuliano? So for one, with this game, Hellas Verona have kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. To me, Ballardini, this is where it's going to be telling. He has had a, a quite a few difficult games in the back end of, this, of the first half of the season. Now, let's see if he can better Maran at the uh, beginning of the season. They do have some difficult games coming up. Let's see if he can uh, really prove his worth Ballardini and start with a, a victory here against Hellas Verona. I think this game ends up being a draw because I yeah. think Hellas Verona defensively are, are more solid. Hellas Verona, on the other hand, aren't the team they used to be at no. the beginning of the season. They're scraping out wins, yeah, but it's not as uh, as clean as it used to be. No. So I, I'm leaning towards a Genoa a draw or, or a victory here for Genoa. Hellas Verona, they're they're dipping too much, and I don't like Lasagna up front either. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lasagna and Kalinic, they have no options up there anymore. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Genoa anyway. A draw or yeah. win for Genoa. I'm gonna lean towards Genoa in this game. I think Genoa's gonna win this game. Mm-hmm. Genoa, they just look good, and I think Destro's gonna bounce back, Mister Former Man of the Month, mm-hmm. Player of the Month. Uh, I think so. I think Genoa bounces back. So Giuliano is t- leaning towards a Genoa victory or tie. I'm trying to take Genoa to win. Let's move on to the final game for Saturday. Sassuolo hosting Bologna. This will be an interesting game. Can Sassuolo now build off that victory against Crotone and turn the corner and start working their way back up the table? Or is Bologna going to be in for upsetting Sassuolo? That's going to be very telling. I don't think so. I don't think Bologna have it to beat Sassuolo. No. I think uh, with Barardi on form, Caputo on form, Locatelli. They're back. They're back. Not a lot of teams can handle them. Uh, Bologna, on the other hand, yes, they picked up their defensive woes from earlier on the season, but Sassuolo, I think. Yeah. I think Sassuolo, that's, I know, just going back, this is related in the Sassuolo way. So the guy that Fiorentina is targeting for next year is De Zerbi. That's the guy. There's a report out there in Italy saying that Fiorentina is targeting De Zerbi to bring this team out of the ashes. I hope De Zerbi waits for one of the big yeah, boys in the top seven to get fired. Go. Because someone in the top seven is going to get sacked. Oh, sure. Because someone's going to be disappointed. And I think he waits for one of those jobs. Forget the Fiorentina job. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. It's too much of a project. No. Look what you've done with Sassuolo. You're going to have to try and do the same thing with Fiorentina. It's not worth it. No. So I think we're both trying to take Sassuolo to win this game and did Zerbi to wait it out <laughs> for a t- 
up seven. Yeah. Um, that sums up Saturday. Let's move on to Sunday. So Sunday morning, sleep in. Don't worry about this game. Parma hosting <laughs> Udinese at the Ennio Tardini. Parma are a mess. Udinese coming off a 3-0 defeat. That was expected. Udinese defensively sound. To me, I just think Parma are just a disaster, and I think Udinese is going to scrape away with a victory here. Yeah, Parma, the only way they're going to win this is off a corner kick, set piece. They're, they're terrible. They they don't score goals. Yeah. Uh, not that Udinese is any better, Yeah. but I think Udinese, it's the defense that's going to separate the two. I just hope that Llorente doesn't start again. Yeah. Uh, he's He should be coming on as a sub. Unless they plan on, you know, pinning Parma in their end and bombarding the box across as them, maybe you start with Llorente, but that's not the Udine way. So. No. I think Nestrovsky is the way. I think so, too. If you're going to play counterattack, keep Llorente on the bench. Yeah. I think Udine, honestly, I think this game's going to probably end in a draw. Yeah. Uh, but no way Parma wins it. They just can't score no. goals. No. Mm-hmm. So we're both trying to take Udinese. Now let's move on to one of two crazy games coming up Sunday for you. Sunday, 9 a.m., wake up for this one. It's the Milan Derby, Milan and Inter. Derby della Madonnina. Holy cow, what a time to have this Derby. So, Inter winning in the Coppa Coppa Italia tie, Milan winning the first (laughs) game. So now we got the rubber match. Yeah. Who is the better team of Milan? In Milan, is it Inter or is it Milan? And how great is it that these two teams are basically playing for first place? That's awesome. Yeah, it, it it's is. It's been awesome. a long time coming. Listen, destiny's in Inter's hand. A loss here wouldn't be the end of the world, but it wouldn't be good because yeah. you don't get to play Milan again. Yeah. At the same time, in the two matches I've seen Inter and AC play. AC, I felt, was very fortunate to win the first game they with were. Inter. They were. The second game, Inter uh, dominated Milan, I they feel. Did. Zlatan's done nothing since Lukaku and him went head-to-head there and yep. uh, had their little kerfuffle. Zlatan's been quiet. I just think Inter has hit too much form. I would love to see Eriksson, Barella, and Brozovic back, the three of them again. I don't think there's any major suspensions for both teams. I no. think they're pretty much all healthy. I do believe Milan was punching above their their weight for the longest time in the business end when the games matter. This is where we got to see how does Milan react when the games matter. Yeah, they've lost a few games come the new year, and uh, I just think Inter. They're just there's more players on form. They're hungrier. They know this is it. We win the Scudetto this year. We're never gonna get a better chance. And uh, Conte. He's just a killer, this guy. I don't think Pioli's a killer. Uh, and I, I, I'm i going to give Inter the edge. I don't think Milan can handle Lukaku and Lataro this game. Zlatan doesn't worry me. Uh, Leao. Leao. Leao's actually one of the threats we got to worry about. Because yeah. his speed he and strength, he can get behind uh, the inner defense. He can cause some problems. So he's a bit of a threat. But if Kalanoglu plays, Leao... I don't believe will be as effective. If, if he gets pushed out to the wings, I think he will be shut down this time around. I think Conte's figured out how to shut down the wingers because uh, that's been Inter's weakness from Champions League onwards. I think Conte solved that issue. So Leao, if he's playing through the middle and he can play one-on-one against Brozovic, I think he's a better 
a more of a threat than Kalinoglu would be behind the strikers. But we'll see. I don't think yeah. Pioli's going to do that, though. I yeah. think he's going to... I think he's going to rely on Kolonoglu Zatan. And I think that's the wrong move because I'm telling you, Milan's going to get pinned back. And to me, you'd want the big guy and the quick player, right, Leal? But we'll see. But I'm giving Inter, to me, Inter just have more about them right now. Better in the midfield. The defense has been phenomenal. Handanovic is finally hitting form. Yeah. Everyone's playing good. Milan, on the other hand, everyone's kind of dipping. But we'll see how they rebound against Spezia. What do you think? Yeah, uh, from an outsider standpoint, you have to kind of give Inter the edge because look at what Inter's done. Inter coming off a big win against Lazio. Milan obviously suffering a blip, losing to Spezia. And then they also got a very difficult trip where they're playing Red Star tomorrow in the Europa League. So they got a hoax on that game too, uh, which you probably will see a rotation anyway uh, of the Milan team. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, I think there's so much on the line and so much riding on this game that both teams are going to end up with a draw. Yeah, and, and I can I see I that see too. I can see that too, which yeah. benefits both teams kind of. Yeah. Uh, better for Inter to, uh, as well. I think the problem for Milan is, is they've kind of been figured out. I don't think Pioli hasn't reinvented himself. I think Milan took a lot of teams by surprise with their in-your-face attack, very fast, direct. And I think that took a lot of teams by surprise. A lot of young players that the league didn't yeah. know about. And now it's been a year, just almost a year, and everyone's seen them play. They've seen week in, week out what these guys can do. I think Pioli has to find a way to reinvent this Milan team because yeah. no longer there's no longer a surprise when they come out. You know what's going to happen. You know what to expect. Inter, on the other hand, Conte, he's been at Inter now two years, right? Yeah. And the, the style of play, it's relatively the same. The long, it used to be the long ball to con, uh, to Lukaku, the one-two, and then they work a goal. It's completely changed now with Hakimi. It's changed now with uh, Eriksen being introduced to the midfield. He's reinvented this team, bringing in Bastoni, who's now a, a deep ball-playing uh, defender. Handanovic now is being more involved in build-up play. Conte has been playing the same, like Pioli. Pioli hasn't changed nothing. Conte has reinvented this inter-team. I'd say two or three times now. And uh, this new reinvention by bringing Erickson in and uh, and Hakimi coming in, I think it's it's bringing a little bit of X factor to enter. It's keeping teams on their on their toes because they don't know what to expect. Am I going to get Gallardini? Am I going to get Vidal in? Am I going to get yeah. Erickson in? Is Darmian going to come on and play more defensive? Am I going to get Hakimi? You never really know what to expect from uh, the Inter lineup. And I think that's Inter's advantage right now. All right, so Giuliano is telling to take Inter to win this game. I'm telling to take a draw. From one exciting game, we're moving on to another. <laughs> Atalanta hosting Napoli. Holy cow. Yeah, this is... Uh, and Atalanta's got Real Madrid in the midweek. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, this is a big game. Season's top four is on the line here. I don't. I don't not know. What top, to, not on the line, but it kind of is. This is where separation happens. If uh, I know, I'm so happy that it's happening this week. <laughs> if one of these get the three point advantage, yeah, and you got to think Juve is most likely going to win their game once we cover them, hands down. Um, win their game, it's guaranteed three points. You think Roma? You you just expect all the top teams to win. This three points is huge. These games. It is. I'm not impressed by Napoli. No. To be honest. I, I thought, to, like I said, they stole that game against. They Juve. did. They did not play good. Gattuso was very lucky. Um, surprisingly, Napoli have the second best defense in uh, Serie A. Yep. Was not expecting that when I saw the standings. Atalanta, on the other hand, they next to Inter have the best record against the top teams in the league. 
Um, now, after that Inter win against Lazio, I just think Atalanta, it depends. If Napoli comes out and attacks, Atalanta win. If Napoli do the same thing where they sit back, I think they give Atalanta a lot of trouble, and I think Napoli win. So I, I really don't know who to call here. Yeah, I mean, does Gattuso come out and do the same thing? Maybe. I feel like Gattuso, that wasn't even his game plan against no. you. I just feel they got the early goal. They got goal. the penalties. It's like, okay, sit Let's back. Let's go. Yeah. But it worked. It did. So maybe he realized, oh, if I do this against Atalanta, we might be okay. At the end of the day. The problem is, though, if you do that, you concede, you're yeah, screwed. You're, then you got to start you coming out. Atalanta's going to, you're done. The game's Atalanta over. Atalanta thrives in these games. I think Atalanta's going to win this game, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. I'm giving the, the edge shot. I'm going to just say a draw because I don't know. But. So Giuliano's trying to take a draw. I'm trying mm. to take Atalanta. Let's move on to the Sunday afternoon game. Benevento hosting La Roma. Benevento. I love that these other games are happening right now. See what I mean? Be the teams below you. <laughs> let the other teams around each other kill each other. Uh, knowing who we got to play next week, uh, we need a result big time in this game. Um, yeah. Roma playing Milan next week, hosting Milan next week. We'll talk about that next next week. Yeah. <laughs> but, focus uh, on Bonavent- Benevento. Let's focus right on Benevento. Now. Yeah, stick it one game at a time. Roma loves to beat up on these teams. They hammered Benevento last time we played them. I think more of the same is going to happen. Pedro's back. El Sharawi's close to playing. Uh, this team's healthy. And Vertu bounced back. Defense, confident. The only weak spot we have right now is Paulo Lopez That's and Antonio Mirante. That's, that's, that's our weak spot right now in goal. But I don't think that troubles us against Benevento. So I'm going to comfortably say that Roma's going to win this game. Yeah, Benevento can't score goals. Their strikers aren't uh, dynamic enough, very one-dimensional. Roma, on the other hand, have so many options attacking. uh, Now they do. Roma is going to win this game. They're going to destroy Benevento again. Hope so. Hope so. So we're both trying to take Roma. Last game takes place on Monday. Juve hosting Crotone. Juve, three nice points. I think this is where Crotone... Changes their season around. Get out of here. <laughs> Are you serious? No, no. no. This is going to be uh, a nice rest weekend for yeah. Juve. No disrespect to Crotone, but yeah. Juve. I expect to see Buffon possibly even start in this game. I expect to see Delic. Because yeah, I don't think he'll all. start against Porto today. I think they're going to start Chesney, Yeah, right? I think Chesney. I think you're going to see a B team. Yeah. And I think it will be good for some of these guys' confidence. They're going to They're going to – be Crotone. There's no way they eat it they, up. They, yeah, you'll probably draw. see Gijo in that here. Yeah. Um, and that sums up match day 23 already. That sums up our podcast today. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's all the football. That's all football. the football. Yeah. Um, but uh, for those of you that are interested, so we I know we've been teasing it the past couple of podcasts, um, but we've actually uh done a couple of recordings with dave simpson so we've brought dave back and we are also uh doing a couple of podcasts with uh a gentleman by the name of marco maschke so marco is from germany marco has spent uh some significant time around the world uh coaching in china coaching in canada in the cpsl uh coaching in hungary coaching in germany we think one of his specialties is youth development because he's, if you listen to Marco and talk about youth development, it's amazing. And uh, he knows the potential and he's known the potential uh, that 
Canadian development has had over the years. He he founded one of the very first academies that adopted the European style uh, in Canada in PSA. Uh, so he, his academy is responsible for working with guys like David Simpson, Atiba Hutchinson, Julian and Jonathan de Guzman. Like those are those are staples yeah, in Canadian names, soccer. Yeah. Some big names. So uh, on Monday we'll be releasing a special podcast with. Marco and Dave, uh, where it's 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 an it's a podcast for all of you to get to know Marco and who he is and what he brings to the table and what he sees in Canadian soccer. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be releasing that on Monday, and there's a couple episodes we'll be doing with Marco and Dave talking about Canadian soccer, youth development, and we're so excited to do it. So stay tuned for that. That will come out on Monday, February the twenty second. Stay tuned for that. Until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi.